Hello, everybody. We are doing a Halloween draw along today. If you would like to grow as an artist and you can't afford an art class, we've got everything you need here at Art Prof critiques, tutorials, professional development, and workshops. Jordan, what are you drawing today? We, so first of all, I'm not a huge Halloween person. I just never been like that, at least not since I was like 10. But I've always been a Michael Jackson fan. And you guys know I got to do Thriller. Got to do Thriller for this. Admittedly, this was your idea, Clara, and I absolutely loved it. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to do a zombie thriller over here. I am cracking open my brand new Sennelier oil pastels. And somebody bought this for me from the raffle. So thank you so much because I've been dying to try these for a while. I just never had the opportunity before. I've used the white, but that's sort of it. So I'm actually gonna just do a couple of just random strokes because I don't really know how these work. Oh my gosh, they're really, really soft. Wow, I'm gonna have to draw really light for that to work out. Oh my God, it's like, it's like butter. It's like I'm drawing <laughs> with a stick of butter. Really? Yeah, it, it's like, there's not a lot of resistance because with oil pastels, usually they are a little bit hard to, to draw quickly because there's a little bit of texture, but these, it's like I'm just gliding across the surface. Ooh. Oh, I'm so excited to do this. <laughs> this is going to be really fun. <laughs> so Jordan, what's your plan? Because you're doing a little bit of collaging, correct? Yeah. So what I want to do, so here's all my reference. I gather just six images. What I want to do, I want to have the classic thriller pose. Like everyone knows this shot right here. And I'm just going to put him in his uh, tattered clothes and zombie look and just make it really fun. And uh, right now I'm just doing the loose sketch and I'll probably exaggerate this a lot more. I might, you know, really angle like his leg or something like that to really make it dynamic. But uh, yeah, that's kind of the approach I'm going for right now. Cool. Yeah. Might make him like super skinny too. Well, he's first off, he's already very skinny, but I might exaggerate that even more just to emphasize the zombie factor. Those are some things you want to exaggerate whenever you're um, designing something. I like that. Yeah, it's kind of like Usually, caricature. Yeah, oh, it totally is. Usually I like to start with yellow ochre. So typically I would use more color like this to sketch in. But if you all can see my reference... It's actually, well, I pumped up the saturation. So this is not the original color of the photo, but there's this really intense turquoise bluish yellow that I think I want to emphasize. By the way, who here saw Renfield? Did you see, you probably didn't. It's not your cup of tea. I don't even know what that is. Never even heard of that. Oh, Jordan. I'm sorry, <laughs> sort of, not really. <laughs> well, because I don't like a lot of movies today. I, I know that sounds very old farty, but a lot of them are really bad. And so for me to watch a movie and to enjoy it 
is very weird. <laughs> There's a lot of movies I don't like either. Honestly, I don't think they're. I don't think movies are as solid as they used to be. I mean, got an old Jordan. I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I think just objectively speaking, they're probably not doing so well in that department. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, the movie industry has changed so much; it's unrecognizable from what you and I grew up with. Yeah. Did you see the the latest Indiana Jones movie at all? No, I have not. <laughs> I felt Did you? obligated. I yeah, I saw it. I felt obligated to see it because I'm such a big Indiana Jones fan. Uh, but I went in with the full expectation that it wouldn't be that great. Yeah. And in a way, it lived up to my expectations. You know. Yeah. I, I will say I'm very impressed by Harrison Ford, though. I'm very impressed by him. Right. Like dude's 80 years old, jumping around like a 40 year old. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. <laughs> You know what is very funny about that movie is somebody said on Twitter, they said, story about an 80-year-old professor who won't retire? That's exactly what academia is. Oh, man, that is so true. Isn't it? It, It's exactly, I'm like, yes, extremely accurate depiction. (laughs) That was actually one of the biggest complaints in school was like, this guy is so out of touch. He he cannot or she cannot be here anymore. Oh, I've had those teachers. Academia is so far removed from what's actually happening in the art world because people get stuck in academia and then they just stop trying to be relevant. And it's it's really, in my opinion, I think it's very embarrassing to be that out of date. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I th- I think it's hard enough as it is for schools to constantly stay updated, especially if you're talking about an industry type of job. Yeah, where there's, lots, yeah. where there's lots of other things that pull the strings. If it's freelance or something like that, I could understand it a lot more. I think it's probably in a weird way easier to adjust, but. We're talking about working in a studio at some place, like what I do. Um, I, I would say that a lot of the information I got was incredibly outdated. Like, oh, I know. It was, and even like there were times where teachers would like pull me to the side and try and help me extra, you know. But mm. even that information was severely outdated, and it was really sad. Well, one time, I taught this professional development class for the printmaking department, and the tenured professor who was telling me, oh, here's how the class works and everything. (laughs) She hands me this book. It was totally from the 70s. You could tell just from the graphic design. You can use this. And I was like, are you serious? Like, how could you possibly think a marketing book from the 70s would be relevant today? It was so pathetic. That is pretty bad. Isn't it? Yeah. And then... She actually criticized me later and said, Clara, the way you're teaching them how to re- write a resume, it's way too businesslike. I, 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 what? what? <laughs> like, Isn't that what the point of a resume is? <laughs> that's what I thought it was, but she didn't like it. She said that the students need to be doing internships. 
they're like, oh, you want them to take unpaid positions? Yeah, because everyone can afford to do that. I thought that was almost offensive. Yeah, I would be offended by that for sure. That's not okay. That's not okay. How many people can do an unpaid internship in New York City, which is, you know, exactly what they were asking for and stay alive? I mean, you basically have to be wealthy to be able to do that. Yeah, pretty much. You can't, I won't say you can't, but it's going to be very difficult for you to stay um, sustaining yourself at a, at a comfortable level in New York for no money at all. Um, yeah, I wouldn't recommend that life. That life doesn't sound fun. No, and I had a student who did that unpaid internship at a New York City gallery, and she eventually couldn't sustain that lifestyle anymore. And so she moved back home to Asia and said to me that it was such a terrible experience because all she ended up with was a recommendation that said, hey, she was a good intern. That's it. Really? I mean, yeah, yeah. That, that was the only payback, <laughs> concrete thing that she acquired. <sighs> Yeah, that would piss me off. I know. Isn't that infuriating? Yeah, that's not okay. Gotta have something in it for you, too. You do. Okay. Oh, The Insane says the new Indiana movie is so fun. Oh, well, maybe I need to see it now. Do you think it's worth seeing? If you're a big fan of Indiana Jones, I think it's worth seeing. I don't know if it's worth seeing more than once, though, unfortunately. Oh, <laughs> um, so because it's you know it's fun. Don't get me wrong; they they have a lot of fun elements. But the most difficult part for me, I know I mentioned something about this a second ago, but actually just how old Harrison Ford is oh, compared to like how he's supposed to be acting. So so in the first scene, this isn't a spoiler, but the first scene is like a prologue kind of, and. They, they have this deep fake technology where, uh, you know, they, they make him look younger, like he's in his 40s. That was actually incredibly impressive. I'm not going to lie. Like, it could be yeah, yeah. well. But the issue was that they could not deep fake his body. And so he's built oh. like an 80-year-old man. And his voice sounds like an 80-year-old man. So there's, like, oh, a weird. gruffness to it that's a little yeah. strange. Especially because, you know, I know a lot of people don't like the fourth movie. But in the fourth movie, he was older than what he's supposed to be in this prologue scene and he's his voice sounds completely different and it's like it's oh. it can be very distracting uh at some points but um yeah that's that's one of the key things for me is just how old he is it's like you can't knock that guy out in one punch indy there's no way you're 80 stop you know <laughs> so those are the moments where it's like okay <laughs> well they're doing that a lot now where instead of aging people with makeup they are now doing that technology and it's amazing i think it was what was the last martin scorsese movie about gangsters the one with leonardo dicaprio in it but they aged robert de niro to make him younger and it was incredible i mean it was so convincing yeah the tech is insane like i've seen um i've even seen this on tiktok where people will take uh scenes from movies and replace the actors like they have one of uh from back to the future with marty and doc and they replaced marty with tom holland and doc with robert Downey jr 
And it was really, it was really convincing. Um, I can't remember if their voices still sounded like the originals characters or not, or the original actors, but it was very, very convincing. I thought it was really cool. All right, now I gotta go into his face more. It's gonna be fun. Amanda's asking, is the Nick Cage movie good? It's really good. I mean, I think it's even better if you know Nicolas Cage, I mean, I know him from Moonstruck and Raising Arizona, and my kids have no idea who Nicolas Cage is. So it's like extra fun if you know who he is, but it's just so over the top that it's awesome. You know, when movies are almost over the top, but not quite, like this one's incredible. Like the fight scenes uh-huh. are so good. Like oftentimes I don't like fight scenes because sometimes they make them too busy. You know when they zoom in and like you can't really see what they're doing? Yeah. This one was not like that. It was way better. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think you need to stay zoomed out for action scenes. For sure. That's well, they don't that's like one of the do that rules. anymore. Yeah. They don't. Really. I just feel like a lot of movies I've seen, like you know, in the Matrix, there's a lot of shots that they're like pulled way back. They don't yeah. do that as much now, I think. Yeah, they, they need more long shots in action. For the reason you said, it's easier to keep people um, oriented with, uh, with what's happening. It's easier to uh, tell the story. It's easier to see the action. Uh, there's right. a lot of reasons why zooming out is way better. And then usually they'll do a medium or close-up when they're trying to show impact, like the actual contact of a punch to the face or something like that. But other than that, yeah, it's probably better to stay zoomed out as possible. So people are asking about the Sennelier. Karen says, only have the white ones. The highlights are fabulous. Yes, I did that with the last white Sennelier. 7A says, so curious what's in the Sennelier to make them feel that way. Well, look at this. They have like a whole encyclopedia with these ridiculously pretty photos <laughs> these are very like atmospheric looking photos like you know those expensive food magazines how they have those photos like this looks like gourmet magazine photo oh. with art supplies that actually makes sense i can totally see that doesn't it i mean these are really nice photos like oftentimes art companies don't really spend a lot of time to do this but i mean these yeah. really do look good it's impressive. Oh, this is nice. Look at this. They have like a whole chart. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, wow. That's a really big chart. Look at that. That's really cool. That's on the did I ever tell you? Did I ever tell you about the time I accidentally made like the largest color uh, chart in my class? No. <laughs> I was in a, this is when I was at RISD where I was taking a color class and we were supposed to mix like three colors together but Uh i misunderstood the assignment and we had like 36 different colors of paint for watercolor and so i mixed them all up and so i had this big giant chart and everyone came in and was like jordan what did you do i was like what do you mean what did i do and they're like you were only supposed to do like three by three and i was like oh crap because it took me like six hours to finish it and so we all hung it up on the wall and the teacher was going around before class and she looked at it she's like she had to jump back because she was like, who did this? And I was like, ah. I did. She's like, 
can I take a picture and show my other students? Like she was so excited about it. And she's like, this is amazing. Oh my gosh, this is the best accident ever. <laughs> oh so, my gosh, that yeah. is hilarious. It, it was pretty awesome. It's like, because as a teacher, as a professor, I'm like, I don't think it's fair to penalize people for doing more work. And that was one of those moments where I was like, as tired as I was, I also felt kind of awesome at the same time. I really like that. Yeah. That's fantastic. Maybe you should pay more attention to the assignment bombed. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, it, for me, it was just wasn't written clearly. I, th I read it, yeah, you yeah. know, but yeah. hey, I'd rather make a mistake and do more, um, honestly. Like, that happens in my character design classes. Sometimes people will be like, hey, do you did you say black and white or all color? And I'll say, well, I wanted black and white. And they, it's like, oh, I fully rendered it. I was like, you know, if you go above and beyond, that's definitely closer to A, you know? <laughs> so right. like, like, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? So this is interesting. The Snelly oil pastels, they come wrapped. And usually I break my oil pastels so I can draw more with the side, but these are so soft that I'm actually not going to do it because I feel like it would just get so, so messy and be a problem. So I'm still going to use the side, but I'm going to keep the paper on, which is not my preference, but I think this is okay just for the beginning. It's so hard, Jordan, to write a good, clear prompt with instructions. Oh my gosh, I've learned over the years, it's like one word can make it confusing for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've noticed that too. I have to be incredibly clear. And I'm every four seconds, like, does everyone get it? Does everyone understand the things I'm telling right. them? Like, uh-huh. And then they'll come in next week and I have it done. And I'm like, what part of my English did you not get, sir? Like, help me. Help me understand what it is because... <laughs> Everyone else got it but you, but um, you know, it oh, is it's it so is. hard. I mean, I do that with you guys where I'm like, do this, this, and this, and you guys do it. I'm like, crap, I forgot to tell them the most important thing. Right? That happened to me that earlier on. I was trying to do, um, I was trying to get them to write log lines and I wanted them to do it, like build it up for a couple of weeks. And then I was like, you guys are gonna be presenting next week. Oh, shoot. You guys don't know how to do log lines. Yeah, turn on a log line too. Like I had to, I kind of had to oh, fake it no. a little bit. Um, it, it turned out fine, but it was still one of those things. It was like crap. So I think here, I think I'm gonna make his face a little bit more angular. Give him some more rigid bones. Lots of squares. give Michael Jackson his jaw that cuts glass as a zombie. Manette says, I think a lot of movies would be better if they didn't take themselves so seriously. That's why I like some horror comedy that play with the tropes and know they're being cheesy and ridiculous. Well, that's why I like Renfield is because it was a very self-aware movie. Like they really knew what they were doing. And you know, when you see these movies, it's like they're trying so hard to be funny and it just is not. Hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I think, honestly, I think a lot of the funniest moments just in life are ad-libbed stuff. And I think I think people who can do that are really fantastic. Like what Chris Tucker, 
I know he's known for ad-libbing a lot of his stuff, and I think that's part of what makes his comedy so fun, at least for me. I know not everyone likes him, but I don't know. Every time I see Rush Hour and I see him doing <laughs> him doing this thing, I'm just like, it's pretty awesome to me. I like it. Oh my gosh, these are so like look at this. It, it's oh, like wow. caked up on my finger. It's so soft. I can't draw with the tip anymore. Oh, this is I mean, I feel like next time I'd want to use this with another set because this is so smeary. Like I'm actually just going to use my fingers right now to get it onto the page. But I don't know, maybe this is a chance for me to try drawing with my fingers more. Might be fun. I don't think you would like it, Jordan. Probably not. I don't like messy things. I just... Yes, we've noticed. Yeah. I do not. You guys tried to convert me many times. But I've given work. up. Yep, please do. <laughs> In this area, please do. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm thinking. You, you know, I got to be honest. When we were working in wet charcoal in your class... Yeah. I was practically depressed. <laughs> I was like, why? Oh, gosh. I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't do this. <laughs> I don't even know what I I'm making anymore. <laughs> I didn't realize that an art supply could do that to you, Jordan. Yes. Yes. That's, that's very impressive. It just, it looks nice. Don't get me wrong. It, I like the look of charcoal. I'll even, if I have like a digital brush that looks like charcoal, I'll use it. I don't have a problem with that. But the actual using charcoal is just, it's just messy. It, every, it smears all the time and just not my preferred medium. I'm, I'm much more simple. Oh my gosh. These are like hard to peel because they're getting so soft. Like how do I, I feel like I need an X-Acto knife. They're like so soft that, oh my God, what a pain in the butt. Yeah, okay, there we go. But it's, oh my God, it's all over me. It's really, really sticky. Like this is way stickier than the other brands I've used. Oh my God, this is so gross. Ugh. I feel like I need a paper towel to like wipe my fingers. Ugh. <laughs> you sound it's so everywhere. gross now right now. Well, it's just, it's really sticky. It's like if you had thick molasses on your fingers. Oh, dang. Yeah. Okay. I, okay. That's what, what it, I need to clean my fingers in between because it's just so disgusting. Why don't you like wear gloves or something? Oh, Anna says they wash off with Murphy's oil soap, which is really great for cleaning oil paint and oil pastels. Oh, okay. I've got a bottle of that. I used to use Murphy's oil soap a lot when I was doing a lot of casting. So it's very handy for that, but it, it is used for cleaning, which I've like never used it for. So <laughs> I guess I could do that. Maybe I'll try, is this white? I feel like I need to preserve the white. I should have bought like four things of white. Oh, well. So who has Halloween plans? I do not. Neither do I. <laughs> I don't even know. What day is Halloween now? I don't know. Oh, it's I a, think it's Sunday. Uh, oh, no, it's a, it's a Tuesday. 
I got my work deadline that day. That's when I turn in my my final stuff. I'm gonna be stressing out. So, yeah. <laughs> I guess in some ways it'll be scary, but just not the ways that, that <laughs> most, most people are expecting. Well, we used to always have to take our kids around, but my kids are teens now. So no more of that. And also our neighborhood, it doesn't have a lot of kids. I thought it would, but we don't get a lot of trick-or-treat people here. In LA, you would have we would have to drive around to a, a new area. Oh, really? It's that far apart? Well, it's not only that, but sometimes the richer neighborhoods have the best candy. Better candy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So you got to go for the good candy. I never even thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole reason. It's the whole reason. If you're going to go, you got to get the good candy. Well, my whole thing is I always thought it was silly that they would give kids those plastic pumpkins to do trick or I'm like, you can't fit a lot of candy in there. I always brought a pillowcase. Oh, yeah, I could see that. I never need, I don't think my parents would let me take a pillowcase because um, there's like, there's no way they're going to let me eat that much candy. <laughs> it's oh, just gosh. like, no, son, that is not, that's not what we're doing here. I mean, I let my kids eat candy till they were sick. So <laughs> I don't think I've ever experienced that. I don't even know what, um, what that would feel like. My kids did that once for Christmas and they were like, my stomach hurts. I'm like, see why? They're going to remember that. To... And exactly. It's need to learn the lesson, right? Yeah. They probably used to laugh about it later on, like most of us do. Yes. I would like to respond to a comment real quick. That's from Anna that says, oh, Jordan, you don't know what you're missing. Messy materials are the best. I, in fact, would like to prove you wrong. I do know what I'm missing. <laughs> I do know what I'm missing, and I'm totally okay with it. <laughs> I went to art school twice, and the second time around, they had us use um, charcoal for a single class, and I protested. I kid you not. I, pro I protested so much that the following semester, the teacher changed the rules about the class, and so they could work oh. with whatever material they wanted. <laughs> wow. Yep. It was too late for me, but all my all my classmates who took that class were like, thank you, Jordan. You walked so we could run. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting because when I used to teach at RISD, because they had the RISD store, I could make requirements. I'd say, you need to get this, this, and this. But writing a lesson with the assumption that people don't have anything terms of resources, which is our audience, it's a challenge. I've had to really shift the way that I write lessons because I know not everybody's going to have this one expensive tool. And so oftentimes I have to recommend substitutes or I will just rewrite the lesson and just have it do something else. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That, that does have to be tough because for me, I just, um, you know, I either work almost exclusively digital and most people who draw digitally have the same software. Or something yeah. Very similar, so it's not really that big of a deal. And when I tell them to work on paper, then it's just it's literally copy paper. So, yeah, that's 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 got to be tough. I My heart goes out to you. 
Yeah, I don't know if people have noticed that about our lessons, but that's something that I'm pretty deliberate about. So I'll have multiple levels of recommendation. Like I'll say, okay, this is ideal. If you can afford it, this is fantastic. But if you don't have that, this is a similar thing that almost gets the same results. And then I'll say, okay, if you have nothing like paper and pencil only, you can still do this. And that that's taken me time to get used to. It's, it's not really the easiest concept as a teacher because usually if you're teaching in a class, the, the, the RISD store or um, sometimes when I taught printmaking, they would just give the students a kit that they would have to pay for. So I just like always knew that they would have it. Hmm. Yeah, I remember but, those class yeah. <laughs> Very different mindset. I was always I was always so nervous about the class list because of uh, how much things would cost, and I would always oh, be worried no. I would be able to pay for it all. Yeah, in retrospect, like let's say I went back to teach college now, I think actually I probably would do similar things to what I'm doing now, which is to say, hey, this is great, but you don't have to. I think it's just more inclusive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would be helpful, I know, from someone like me, because I remember I spent $400 in a day on oil paints. And oh, I know that was crushing. That was because yeah, I think I was supposed to get a very specific brand, too. They're like, make yeah. sure you get the Windsor Newton, not the cheap ones. And I was like, okay. And $400 to a 19 year old with no job is a lot of money. Oh, so, you know, yeah, that's, that's really practically rough. the life savings, you know. It is. So one thing I'm going to do, everybody, I, I've just done the face, but <clears throat> I'm actually going to take, I, I love this fur coat he's wearing. <laughs> and you can see the little, little bit here on this side. So uh, this is a different photo, but I'm going to take the fur coat because I think that's really cool. And I want to add that. Ooh, that's definitely looking creepy, looking deranged. Isn't it? Well, the other yeah. thing I'm going to do too so here you see the fur coat goes up to the bottom of his ear, but I'm actually going to make the fur coat higher to make him look more hunched over. Ah, okay. That'll be fun. Kind of like where this is coming. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't even That's... looked at yours. <laughs> I know you never do. That's why I wasn't. I know. Expecting. Every stream, every time we do a draw along, you, um, after we get off, you're like, I didn't even see what you look, what you did the whole time. <laughs> it was like a big old surprise. It's kind of like um, those people who like draw behind a wall or something, and then you look over at the end. Yeah, 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 totally. Actually, I think if I were to do this technique again, I don't think I'd use black paper because I'm finding that so many of the colors, like this one, this yellow. It's so transparent that if I just put it on the paper like this, like it doesn't get bright. I'd have to put down the white first and then put the yellow on top. So that's a pretty big difference. Oh, geez. Yeah, I totally need more white. I'm just preserving it right now. But you can see like this is yellow with white. This is just the straight yellow. So I think if I used a lighter tone paper, that probably would help me some more. 
also these colors are not really that bright like a lot of them are actually kind of dark Heather says, one of my neighbor's life goals is to be the house giving away full-size candy bars. <laughs> He's been stocking up for weeks and they 400. Definitely trick-or-treating at their house. Oh, I know. You never get those. Like maybe once every five years, you get a full candy bar at Halloween. Dang. Have, did you ever do like the tricking part of trick-or-treating where you like go prank people or something? No. Okay. Did you? Kidding. No, but I thought about it. <laughs> I never did. I, I, I am not that type of person who just like plans these devious things and acts them out. Um, mostly because I'm afraid of the consequences. <laughs> well, yeah. It's so, just yeah. a few. Yeah, just a couple. Um, plus, actually, I think the consequences I would have been afraid of most were like how my parents would have reacted because they would be like, uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> like, nope. Nope. Give me that candy. And no candy. No, I had a couple friends in elementary school who would do really rude things. I mean, this is probably more my generation. Those of you who are Gen X and above, tell me if you remember this, but my friends, they used to do what we used to call a chicken call, which is where you would just get on the phone. And remember, this is before cell phones and there was no caller ID, and you would just pick up the phone, dial some number, and just be annoying. <laughs> so crank calling, basically. Yeah, but we called it a chicken call. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I see a question from Crispy Paintbrush. I want to answer, but I don't know what it means. Is Jordan going to that FNAF movie? That, what does that mean? I don't know what that is. I Do you know, know what that means? Okay, yeah. you have to spell that out, Crispy Paintbrush. I have no idea what you're talking about. I know the only movie I saw other than Renfield, well, the last movie I saw in the theater was Oppenheimer. And um, that movie just looked amazing. Like they just put so much care into the history of the costumes and it was just so well shot like i don't feel like that's that common to have a movie that's that that looks that good and is convincing and is historically well i'm not saying <clears throat> it's 100 percent historically accurate but it really looked like that time period which i think is hard to do i think anytime you have a movie that's a different time period you know, it just looks so fake sometimes <laughs> yeah for sure it's really impressive that they were able to do that. I didn't get a chance to oh. see Oppenheimer, but I heard really good things about it. The movies, the last movies that I saw were Across the Spider-Verse, the Mario movie, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. So I just, oh. it was just a total, it, it was just a total animation overhaul, and it was amazing. <laughs> I loved every single one of those movies for different reasons. I'm sure you did. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, with the Mario movie, I didn't anticipate it being as funny as it was. I was crying in the theater. It was hilarious to me. Yeah? It was so funny. And it was great because, so I never actually owned any of the Mario games, but I did play them when I would go to friends' houses. And uh, 
and they were open enough where you would get, I would think, most of the jokes, even if you didn't really have that much experience with the games. So they were very approachable. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I thought was funny, though, uh, you know how Mario has the, it's a me, Mario, that that whole voice. Yeah, yeah. In the movie, they make fun of it, and they just it's totally an act and he just talks like a regular person <laughs> but, he only does, but he only does that for the commercial <laughs> oh that's uh, really funny yeah and the and the relationship between mario and luigi is also incredibly endearing like they're just best friends and you just want to see them like succeed it's really really oh. precious yeah i think it's very difficult to adapt something like that which has a fan following but then you have to make it entertaining for people like me who don't know about it very much right yeah so i think they had a good balance of easter eggs um and jokes that most people would understand because like like they had a whole segment in the beginning where they did like a side scrolling shot where mario's just like running through stuff and jumping over pipes and they even had him like spin down like a uh what do you call it the the pole the flagpole you know mm -hmm. and they played the music it's like oh everyone knows that everyone knows that's how mario levels are so you know, like little stuff like that, I thought was really fun. I mean, I played Mario on a Game Boy. <laughs> Does anybody here remember Game Boys? Oh my gosh. I had Game Boys. You did? Yeah, I had a Game Boy Advance. That was the first one I got. Um, my parents were not going to get a Game Boy Color for me at that age because I was young. But I had a Game Boy yeah. Advance and I had a Game Boy SP. And I remember the SP being so great because it had a backlight on it. And it was like the first piece of technology that I remember that actually had that before cell phones. Oh. And it, and you could toggle it on and off. And I was like, I can play in the dark now. Like, cause there's always, <laughs> you want to play when, um, when you're driving home at night, like I would be, um, my mom would be taking me home from school or my dad would, and uh, I'll be bored. Cause it's just sitting in crazy LA traffic for like an hour. Yes. And you'd always have to um, turn the game off. Uh, or pause it unless you had a street light above you. And so with yeah, the backlight, yeah. it just was so revolutionary. It was the most exciting experience. That's really funny. Yeah. Tell us in the chat who here had a Game Boy. And if you didn't have a Game Boy, what did you have? What was one of your first devices? I am old enough, Jordan, that I had a Palm Pilot. I bet you don't even know what that is. I don't. Should I look it up? Palm Pilot? How do you spell it? Yeah, I, I mean, it was like a really primitive version of an iPad. Like there was a tap thing you could do, but you couldn't draw anything. Maybe you could. I, I totally cannot remember. Is is this it? Yes. Yes, that's it. Palm Pilot. Oh my goodness. No, I've never seen this. Or people who had a Blackberry, but this was like before the blackberry it didn't take off because other stuff got invented really fast that's great you know it's so great this must be so like uh so back in the history of books because yeah like it's so uncommon like i have a i have a class that i took uh in grad school just talking about like games and how and all the different obscure uh consoles that they had this never came up so i'm actually really curious about that ha learn something new yeah chastity ch chastity atari did you have an, you probably didn't have that that was i know what an atari is but i never had one no I, I don't think they were even making them by the time uh i was born so yeah well they had the you had the big video game crash in 1983 to think for that one 
my spouse still has one. It's in a box. And no he way. insisted we bring it to Utah with us. Yeah, why not? <laughs> he got the space. <laughs> we didn't. We did not have the space. I somehow don't believe you. <laughs> I mean, we have stuff that is still in a box. And we've been living here a couple years now. That's how my living room looks right now. I moved to this new apartment in March and I still have a big old box in the living room with books. <laughs> oh, I believe you. Yeah, that's just how it is. I, I also have lamps on the floor because I don't have side tables yet. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You have a proper dining room table? Yes, but it's covered with all my mail. And there's no chairs. <laughs> so I Okay, mostly... that doesn't really count. <laughs> well, so what I'll do, I'll either roll this this chair out there, um, or I'll just sit at the couch and eat. It's not the most healthy thing, I imagine, but it's what I do and it is what it is. But do you have milk crates as shelves? I have that. Milk crates? No, I don't have milk crates. I, I conveniently I have um a console table where my TV is on. That had that has enough space for books uh, for some of them, so I'll just use that, and then I'm gonna eventually get an actual bookshelf one day. I felt so amazing when I had real shelves. <laughs> I felt amazing when I could finally get an actual bed and not have an air mattress anymore. <laughs> oh, I know that that stinks when you first move and you don't have a bed yet. Yeah. And actually, the only reason I, I really even like super invested in the bed that I got was because the air mattress just popped. Because I realized air mattresses are not meant for long term like sleeping. They're meant for, hey, you staying over for a couple of days? Sure. No problem. Six months go by. Oh, you can stay over a couple of days? Sure. But I was sleeping on every night for like three months. <laughs> so because oh. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I got to, you know, got to prioritize. And uh the bed just said, I will prioritize. We're going to prioritize this now. We're done. I'm, I quit. Oh so, yeah, I don't, know if you ever, I don't know if everyone's ever like slept in an air mattress that uh, that pops, but you just kind of sink in you're like in this U shape. Slowly. It's very slowly. And suddenly your back just hurts. You're like, what the heck just happened? And yeah, it turns out that, uh, that yeah, the thing just popped. <laughs> oh my gosh. One of my family members has a cat that likes to pop the air mattress. No she way. said that he popped three air mattresses. And so now they're very <clears throat> uptight about like, oh, we have an air mattress. Keep James out. He can't come into this room. Oh, I would totally be like that too. I'd be mad. <laughs> yeah, she, I, she was just like, I can't believe it. Such a troublemaker. <clears throat> Oh, George remembers Pong. Do you know Pong? Yeah, I know Pong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know Pong for sure. Never played it myself, but I do know what that is. Pinball games in the lobby of my college dorm, says George. Does anybody here remember arcades? Like not, not the retro ones, but in the olden days where my spouse used to have a newspaper route and then he'd take all the money and spend it at the arcade. <laughs> I wish I could have been around to experience the arcade, um, but yeah, that that was a very short-lived thing. It's crazy, yeah. like, like you, because I look at the, you know, I took a class and learned the history of it, and it was only around for like 
maybe eight years really like that was its heyday and then it just once the nintendo came out and you could just play on your couch it was over <laughs> it was just over yeah yeah i never did the arcade thing but it was a pretty big deal carolyn says dad got a commodore 64 when i was in high school as the first generation palm pilot the one with the flip cover i had that one too friend had an atari we would play at her place i mean i would beg my friends to come over and watch mtv because my parents wouldn't let us get cable and this is before streaming so it's like if you missed the whatever you were trying to see there was no other option to see it yeah i've heard people talk about that it's hard to imagine it was very or, or you'd watch mtv for five hours hoping they would play the one song you wanted to hear it was so so excruciating <laughs> i've experienced that on the radio before um like there were songs i i probably could have listened to it another way if i like bought it on itunes or something but there were certain songs that I was like, please play this, please play this. I've been waiting for four days. And it's a, it's not even a new song. It's like an old song from like the early 90s. Um, yeah. But I'd be like, please play it, please play it. And then they'd play it. And I was like, yes, yeah! turn it up. And, oh and then I get real mad when they'd be like, and now we're going to advertise this brand new car insurance deal that no one cares. No! <laughs> yeah. They would always do that. I mean, I used to listen to American Top 40 with Casey Kasem on Sunday mornings. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't think you would. Yeah. I'm a product of my generation. What can I say? Got to get some more tears in his clothes. Make it look more tattered. Okay. Crispy clean. says Friday night at Freddy's. I don't know what that is. I, I don't either. Sorry. I guess that would mean the answer is no. <laughs> How's MJ? I think he's looking pretty good. I'm just adding some tatters see. to him. Oh! <laughs> oh my gosh, I really like the legs. Thank you. Yeah, the legs are fun. I got to change up this foot, but... um. Yeah, now I'm adding the tatters to them, and then I'm going to color them. I think I'll have time to do that. At least rough, you know. I'm not going to worry about doing super clean lines for this. I don't think it's necessary. No, you. I, I don't know. I think it'd be kind of cool to have more textured lines. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I th actually, yeah, you're right. I think it would sell the thriller vibe a lot more. Well, it just, you can't draw thriller smooth. <laughs> yeah. Unless he's, like, in his clean outfit, like, with Ola Ray, and he, she, he you know... He's doing the smooth talking. Yeah, you were scared. All that stuff, you know? <laughs> you know what one of my favorite t-shirts is that Michael Jackson wore? Is at the beginning of Beat It, he's oh. in the bed, and he's got that shirt with, like, these musical notes. Yeah, the <laughs> piano keys. Yeah, that one's pretty cool. That's a like, great it's, shirt. It's just so stupid. It's like, really? <laughs> I love it. There was a video on TikTok I saw, and it was like if you were Michael Jackson's roommate, and it was playing "Beat It," and the dude was just like, "Oh my gosh, Mike's at it again!" And he's like singing at four o'clock in the morning, like "Beat It," and it's like, "Shut up, Michael! Shut up! I'm trying to go to sleep." That's hilarious. I feel like my Nicholas Cage started to look like the Joker. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Doesn't he? 
A little bit, yeah. Nothing wrong with that, though. Well, I am trying to exaggerate it a bit, but it's a little tricky because Nicolas Cage has a very long, tall face. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if I mess with it too much, it's not going to look like him anymore. But I don't know. Maybe I should have done the opposite. Maybe I should have made him more stretched. But now it's just starting to look more like the photo. Oh, well. <laughs> He does have these really disgusting purple gums. They're really gross. Cause this is If it was so everybody I'd be singing that song. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us in the chat who here. Well, not who here. Tell us in the chat what's your current project? Because I just am always curious. And Jordan, you and I haven't chatted for a little while because you're doing all the teaching. Mm-hmm. But you got stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got some cool shower boxer stuff happening. In fact, you guys might have noticed I'm rocking my, my OG shower boxers logo shirt, but there's some really cool stuff happening. And tonight, actually, I will be doing my 50th live stream on the Joe McFoe show. And uh, I'm going to be talking about story stuff. You guys are going to meet some of the teammates I have or team members working on it with me. And we're also going to talk about merch, uh, which is definitely, definitely a thing now. So yeah, come by six o'clock tonight, uh, Pacific time on the Joe McFoe show, and you can experience all of it. So it's exciting. going to be dope. It's going to be really dope. I'm excited. You don't want to miss it. I don't know if you do this, Jordan, but for real, like every time you talk to me in my head, I hear you going, this Emmy means so much to me, (laughs) to my team. And like, (laughs) you will definitely get it. Do I ever do that? Yeah. Not really, actually. Um, I I like just being surprised by stuff that happens. (laughs) Um, you know, because I, I think I think for me it helps to feel like genuinely excited and surprised when stuff pops off, and and there has been some really cool updates where that's happened, and I'm like, oh man, the way I acted was not the way I, that I anticipated this whole time. So I just like oh being yeah yeah that stuff. You know, I like being surprised. I'm different. I'm like, thank you to the academy for. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to my spouse. You've been there with me since day one to my beautiful children. (laughs) I'll probably break down like that. I'll probably break down, but yeah. (laughs) Well, because my current project is my travel show. And I've been watching a lot of Anthony Bourdain just because I, well, first of all, I really like him. And... I've been reading about his producers and how they made the show and everything. And so of course there's him like walking the red carpet. I'm like, I'll win an Emmy and then Benedict Cumberbatch will be there and I'll get to shake his hand. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I didn't even think about celebrities who could be there. You see, it's all a plan, Jordan. Hmm. There's a couple celebrities I could, I could imagine. I won't say many of them, but one's name does start with the letter Z. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. I I 
am not one of those people who would like go up to a celebrity. I don't know. I feel like, first of all, I think it's an invasion with their privacy, but also I, I just don't have the nerve to do that. But mm -hmm. for I think if I met Hugh Jackman, I would start crying. Like he's the only person. Well, him and Aaron Tveit, I would start crying. And then, okay. So the three of them, Benedict, Hugh, and Aaron Tveit, the three of them, I think I would cry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I would cry meeting any celebrity. Um, no? Nah, because, I mean, Michael Jackson was always my favorite, but, you know, that's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I seen Stevie Wonder in real life. I didn't cry. I was just like, oh, snap, that's Stevie, you know? But Yeah. Uh, yeah, but other than that, I can't think of anyone I would actually, like, cry over. I'd probably be like, what's up, bro? <laughs> More than anything. Is there any celebrity you would cry if you met? But see, there's it's different because Raj Shast, who is a New Yorker cartoonist, I I just love her. And I feel like I wouldn't cry, but I would be like freaking out. Or the other person I would freak out is David Lebovitz, who is a American chef, but he lives in Paris. I mean, he's one of those people, when he posts something on social media, I look at everything. You know how there's some people, you follow them on social media, and you sort of take a glance, and that's fine. But David Lebovitz, he always do, does like 30 Instagram stories. I look at every single one, and I watch every video. It's like that level of devotion. Oh, my goodness. Nah, I don't think I would do that. No, and, and you don't honest, have anyone like that? Nah, and honestly, like... I don't even cry just in general. Like it's very difficult. I'm not saying I would never ever cry. Like, yeah. I can think of several situations where I could, but um, generally speaking, that doesn't happen. So I, I really can't think of a single scenario of a person I would meet who's just a regular person <laughs> who would make me cry like that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like even in like really sentimental like movies and shows, like there's always that death scene or, you know, the reunite re reunion of a character or something like that. And I'm like, that's really nice. Like, that's genuinely really nice. And I just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's nothing wrong with the scene. It's really sweet, but I ain't gonna cry. Like, that's just, I don't know what that means, but uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so who, who here is a crier? Who here cries during movies? So I don't cry that often, but one show, my favorite show ever, Six Feet Under HBO was in like the 2000s. That series finale, I was like bawling. Like, <laughs> I never had that reaction before. I mean, I'll cry at other movies, but it's not common for me. Okay, I picked this green by accident. It is the perfect green for his uh oh it's his like barf green yeah it's perfect i was totally by accident oh it's so gross it is what our boy bob ross would call a happy accident <laughs> all right so let's see what some of the current projects are jane says working my way through inktober started a painting i hope to have finished for the art dare not sure if i have time that's totally fine. If some of you do art dares and you don't make the deadline, you should still share it with us because the only thing is you're not in the running for a prize if you don't make the deadline. But other than that, we still really like seeing the stuff. So still post it, even if you miss the deadline. And Carolyn says, 
don't have one, I did a needle felted piece for the October Art Dare, but not inspired right now. Also, hubby and I are playing Baldur's Great Three today, Gate Three together, and that is eating all my time. <laughs> I love it. Oh, thank you so much, Heather, for the super sticker. So much appreciate your support. Keep those super stackers coming because they do add up. And YouTube has been better in terms of views lately, but our monetization is just like stuck. It, it has not changed in years. And uh, it's so random. It'll go up and down, but it's really stuck at this one spot. And I'm like, I, I don't comprehend how this works at all. It's really confusing. I know. I certainly don't understand it. <laughs> No, I mean, you're very close to monetization, though, aren't you? Uh, as far as subscriber numbers, yes. As far as watch time hours, no. Um, watch oh, time, okay. I'm still like less than halfway. But as far as subscriber numbers, I think I'm at 893 subscribes, subs nice. right now, which is pretty cool. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. Well, for me, it feels very strange because this channel is very established. But my travel show, which you should all subscribe to, Clara's Art Adventures, is just getting started. I'm like, I have 300 subs. Like, it just feels really strange to go back to the beginning of the race. Hmm. I bet that's got to be tough. It, it's just such a different rhythm. But it's actually been really interesting because... It's helping me see more how the algorithm works because I have one video on my travel channel, which already has 3000 views on it. Whoa. And I'm such a small channel and we have tons of videos that never hit 3000. So it makes me think that now the way the algorithm's working, it's not caring as much about your stance as a channel it's, it's so confusing <laughs> you know i can't explain it <laughs> no nobody can i mean i i feel like the algorithms are these like gods we're trying to appease and you, you just can't <laughs> very tricky Chastity is asking, what's your YouTube channel? It's in the video description below. It's Clara's Art Adventures. So if you type that into YouTube, it probably will show up. But go down to the YouTube video description below. Oh, maybe you were asking about Jordan. Sorry. Jordan's is Joe McFosho. Yeah. If, feel free to subscribe. Uh <laughs> <laughs> we have to do the YouTuber. Hey, guys. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Right, we have to. That's that's a, we're obligated. We're obligated by everything YouTube that came before us. But see, I feel like it's fine to say, "Hey, subscribe." But the please like, comment, and subscribe. I'm like, what you saying that is going to make me comment? I don't think so. <laughs> we're desperate. We're desperate. We don't know what else to do. 
Well, the subscription, the subscription thing actually, I think is way more important. I mean, yeah, I like it when people like and subs and comment, but I think out of everything, if you're going to ask for something, I would say it's probably the subscription. Hmm. But aren't you so glad I pressured you to get a YouTube yes. channel? Yes, I am glad. I am very glad. No regrets. Not a one. Stephanie Pruitt says, I probably call I'd probably cry if I met y'all. You have no idea how inspiring you've been to me lately. That's so sweet, Stephanie. That's I really love kind. that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna break my own my own stance. <laughs> no, that's so kind. Thank you. I mean, we've done a bunch of meetups. I did two in May. It was New York City and Toronto, and I, I just loved it. It was so cool. I mean, some people I had never interacted with before and they would say oh we, we have followed you so much i i never comment but then there's also people i've interacted with a lot like people who are in our discord people who've done workshops and it, it's just the nicest thing to have that experience so maybe if i get some sponsors for my travel show to get me to other countries That'll be it. Speak into existence. Well, it's been so nice. I mean, we've had people who have taken us places. Yep. And there may be another trip later next year. I'm not going to provide any details. Ooh. That sounds exciting. I mean, we had such a good time in Mammoth Lakes, didn't we? Oh, I enjoyed that a ton. That was that was that was excellent. That was really cool. All the hikes and stuff. That was great. Yeah. Going to Bodhi and stuff. I mean, the problem with my travel channel is that it, it's just so hard to find the money to shoot the content. I mean, certainly I don't have to go to Asia. To be able to shoot content i mean there's plenty of stuff i could do around here but that that's the only thing is that to make that content i actually have to go somewhere and oh my god traveling is so expensive oh yeah i can imagine well because i was looking at some countries that are not that expensive once you get there and so i was like oh maybe I'll see how much the plane ticket is and it'll be worth it. And so I looked at, I think it was the Philippines. It was like $1,700 a ticket. It's like, okay, no. Are you serious? Uh. Yep. I don't think so. Yeah. yeah nah. That's pretty bad. Nah, I'd be all right. <laughs> Tell me in the chat what countries or continents you've been to, because actually you haven't been out of the country before, right, Jordan? Never, never once. Oh, we got to get you out of the country at some point. Yeah, I'm not opposed to going. I'm certainly not. Um, it's just always something 
that's prevented that. And actually now I just realized, so I actually had a passport, but it just expired like a month ago. So now I got to get a new one oh. for absolutely no reason. Cause I'd never gone anywhere, never even used it. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, oh, it's well. the type of thing where you just never know. I mean, that Toronto trip came so out of the blue and I hope I can share with all of you what that is pretty soon. And if I hadn't had my passport, I wouldn't be able to go. I mean, they were like, can you get on the plane in two weeks? I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, I'm just waiting, Jordan, for the fun stuff to pay. <laughs> That's what I need. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like there's always a correlation between how fun something is and how much you get paid. Have you noticed this? <laughs> no, not really. But explain to me. Maybe I will. Well, the fun stuff never pays. It's always the stuff that's grueling and sort of annoying to do that pays money. That's true. And then there are times where things that are really grueling, it doesn't pay. Like I used to work at a party store and Jamba Juice. And so that stuff was pretty grueling. Although Jamba Juice was kind of neat because we would, I probably shouldn't say this, but we would sneak some smoothies in the back sometimes. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Come on. Everybody yeah. does that. Yeah. Got to be real careful. Got to be real slick on it. But yeah, especially when it, what we would do is uh, if there was extra and the customer didn't want that extra, we would put it to the side and just save it for later. And you, you like you wouldn't ever really be hungry on a shift, which was kind of nice. But you're not supposed to do that. And if anyone who works at Jamba Juice is watching this, I guess that ruined my chances of ever working there again. But it's okay. <laughs> I think I'll manage. <laughs> I, I think you'll be okay, Jordan. Yeah, I'll find another spot. I mean, when I was an art teacher, I used to always steal sharpies. <laughs> I don't know why. Really? Yeah, I don't know. It was always the sharpies. <laughs> Mike is looking real ferocious right about now. This is Wait, Jane says, I found Clara's doppelganger on my vacation in August. Couldn't stop looking at her. <laughs> Finally got up the nerve to ask if she was related. Of course wasn't, but it was uncanny. <laughs> That's pretty well, awesome. Didn't you say people think you look like, oh, what's his name? Kevin Durant? Yes, yes. Yes, people said that all the time when I was in San Francisco. People would um, be like, "Yo, you look just like KD." For those for those who do not know, he's a basketball player. And you can tell me what you all think. Um, let me see. You have to find the right photo. There's some photos he looks more like you. Like, I think this one's probably pretty close. That that really does look like you. <laughs> Doesn't it? It's it's pretty wild. Like he was my celebrity doppelganger when I was um, in high school. So yeah, I, I think we have very similar facial features. Like uh, nose is very similar. I think our yeah, the nose is, is very similar. yeah, definitely. Yeah. So so yeah, that that was one. The only difference is he's like a foot taller than me. Dude's like seven foot one, and I'm five eleven. So there's that. Um, the other celebrity I've gotten not as often, but it has happened is Frank Ocean. Um, I think probably one is. Oh my god, like that this. third one from the top, Which that one? looks like you. That one. This? No, no, no. The third, yeah, that that looks like you. Yeah, so I've gotten Frank Ocean before. Actually, when I was at Jamba Juice, 
um, the guy looked at me. He's like, are you Frank Ocean? I was like, no, nah, I'm not Frank Ocean. Which you thought I probably had some bad sales on my album or something. I had to switch up. <laughs> oh, my god. So, yeah. So yeah, those are the two that I've been compared to. What do you guys think? I'm curious. Do you guys think I look more like Kevin or Frank? I'm very curious. Um, I think you look more like Kevin. Yeah. 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 I wish I was as tall as him, though. Well, actually, no, scratch that. Maybe just maybe six inches shorter than him. I don't need to be seven feet tall, but yeah. Yeah. But I do wish I could sing like, sing like Frank Ocean because uh, dude's got an amazing voice. And I do not, unfortunately. And I, I don't know if people that. saw that photo of me standing next to Dorian. <laughs> oh, yeah, Dorian looks tall. <laughs> He's like two heads taller than me. <laughs> I'm I'm significantly taller than you, too, I think, though, right? You are, and I think, I don't know how tall Dorian is, but I think he's almost seven feet, if not seven feet. <laughs> I think he said he might have been like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, oh, okay, I'm exaggerating. <laughs> yeah, because I, I remember we asked him on a call one time, now that I think about it, um, and I'm pretty sure that's what he said. Okay, there we go. Yeah, but still, still really tall. Ooh! <laughs> This is still looking nice, even without the lines. I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Probably okay, Daniel says Frank Ocean. Frank Ocean? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Oh, I love... I'm not going to read them all, but people are talking about all of these different places that they've been to. And I, I just love hearing about all of these different things. So Heather says, have you thought about covering independent grassroots art scenes in the U.S. cities to build your content without spending so much on overseas travel? I think you would love Lucas, Texas. And Heather also says, cover those local scenes until you're getting more sponsors for international travel. Yeah, definitely. Actually, there's one place I really want to go that's about a two-hour drive for me. Do you remember, Jordan, when we went to Manzanar? Manzanar? You know the Japanese there? internment camp that we Oh, yes. To? Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. So there's actually another one in Utah called Topaz. And I was thinking, okay, that's a perfect topic because the structure of my show is I go to a museum that's in the place and there's the Topaz Museum. And I go to a place to draw. So I would draw at Topaz, the actual site. And then the third thing is I buy local art supplies. And that's also interesting because Topaz is a small town. And so it's not like there's a Blick there. And so I'd have to go to some store and find something to draw with, which I think would actually be really funny. Yeah, why not? Go for it. So yeah, that's on my list. And there's also, I forget what it's called, but it's like the Daughters of the Pioneers something. That's in Salt Lake City. And my mother-in-law told me they have really bizarre objects. So who knows? But yeah, I wanted to do Topaz because my Japan show was really fun and cute and perky. <laughs> And I don't know, I started to get self-conscious about it. I was like, oh, I, I feel like I'm being such a ditz. And 
maybe I need to have more content that's a little bit more serious. Like when I painted the cemetery and I was like, okay, obviously Topaz has that historical gravitas. So it's interesting because in Anthony Bourdain's travel show, they said this is not common in travel shows is that every episode is so different shot stylistically differently they had one that was about like the dark side of japan and then other ones that are like really cute and fun and i was like okay i want that type of variety mark says the pastels are pastelling I saw the sketch. It's been awesome to see the progress in the piece. I might have stopped somewhere in the middle and cried. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. I know the feeling. Hmm. Although, I'm sort of annoyed that there's no turquoise because if you look at the color, it's a little hard to see, but it's more turquoise greenish blue. And this is a little too blue, but the thing is, I mean, I guess I can try to put the yellow on top, but it's not the same as like a turquoise. So that's the only color I feel like I'm really missing. But you guys will have to come into the Discord later because the image is very bright on my screen. It's actually got much better contrast. So I'll show that to you guys. And we're going to do stage sessions. So everybody should come hang out with us. Yeah. Stage session. Oh, actually, I did meet a celebrity recently. You guys may have seen on my Instagram, but I met Yvette Gonzalez Nasser, who was playing Satine in the Moulin Rouge tour. And I did that painting of her and I brought it down to the stage door and gave it to her. And I, I really was just speechless. Like, I, I don't even know what I said to her. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Did you well, cry? I like, I didn't cry, but I like love her. Like she's just the nicest person. She has this incredible voice and she was the best Satine I've seen. I mean, I saw Jojo in New York and she was fantastic, but oh my God, that was just oh, amazing. Electrifying. Yeah, she's just, I don't know, like her voice is very distinctive. You know how a lot of voices, they sort of sound the same. Like her voice is really unusual and she's just multifaceted and yeah. Yeah, no, I see that. Oh, I think I need to fill in with another pastel set because this is just, ugh, it's not, I don't know. I feel like the set is the, the colors in the set are not that saturated. Like, do you see how neutral they are? Like, they're really not that bright. Oh, yeah, they are pretty neutral, huh? And I feel like the Karen Dash set that I have has way more, like, bright colors. Like, I know it has that turquoise that I want to use. So I think I might go back in because my other project is my freelance illustration portfolio, which I still feel very self-conscious about. <laughs> Wait, really? Why? I don't know. I, I just feel like a total, it's like imposter syndrome. You know what that is. Oh, I see. Got it. I do understand. Right? Say no more. <laughs> well, because I look at 
the illustration stuff that people are doing. And I mean, this is such a classic older person thing, but it's like a lot of the illustrators who get gigs, they're these like 20 something superstar art school students and they are so cool and so hip and i'm like okay here i am i'm a 47 year old very old illustration major and it just i don't know i just feel like i i'm at some party for cool people and i'm just much older and i'm not cool that's so sad. I'm so sorry you feel like I know, that. But I know. But I, I think, tell me in the chat, those of you who are older, do you feel that way? Do you ever feel like you're, you're at a party for cool people and you just don't fit there? A lot of people tell me that about being an artist, how they feel like a lot of the 19-year-olds can draw better than them and what chance do I have to actually turn this into something? So I don't think it's an uncommon feeling, but I'm definitely feeling that for the freelance stuff. And it's made me very hesitant to put the work out there. Mm. Like I keep delaying it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do it this week. And then I just don't do it. It's a scary feeling. I get that. Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you felt that way about shadow boxers here and there, right? Many times. I've I've actually quit shadow boxers like four times. <laughs> yeah, I know. Different times. So it's definitely it's definitely not an easy um, process at all. Being an artist it just happens. But you get back into it because you love it so much, you know, like right. it feels worse to not do it almost than it does yeah. to have the fear of like what will happen if it goes wrong. And I don't know how, I don't know if there's anything else I can describe that feels like that, but that's how it feels. Well, the thing about the illustration thing is that I, I don't have any dreams to be this like, oh my God, amazing illustration. Like I'm not in it for that. Mm. I think it's a cool experience and I'm interested in it. So it, it's not really that big of a risk for me, but still like I was putting together a portfolio this week and I was like, oh no, it's not time. I, I should do this. I, I need to add this. Which is stupid. Like, I totally have enough work for it. So I don't understand it. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Sometimes I'm watching a show and um, I go like, man, why did that character do that? It's so stupid. It doesn't make any sense. And then I realize I'm the exact same way. And there are things ah! that I do and say and believe that don't make sense. This is, that's that's really like one funny. of those moments. It's like, that's like one of those moments for me. Because it's like, why do you, you know, why do you talk down about yourself and your work? It's like, you know, despite how many good things have happened from it. It just, it takes over sometimes and it's really difficult. Oh, it's paralyzing, don't you think? Oh yeah, totally. I wish it wasn't, but it is. We have a comment here from Laura who says, yes, I'm 60, trying to navigate those feelings. And Heather says, especially as a self-taught artist starting later in life, that's why I love art prof community and critique. And Karen says, telling to a group of young people that my husband has seen Bob Dylan in the 60s made him the coolest 70-year-old and he wasn't even with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, I like what Joe says. I'm 41. I enjoy the company of women in their 70s and up. I love their calm energy. Oh my gosh, I totally know what you mean because I have a couple friends who are in their 70s and 80s and I, I love talking to them because they don't have their phones open all the time. And I feel like now, most of the time when people are hanging out, the phone comes up at some point. Well, with my older friends, we just sit and talk. That sometimes happens for me. Not often. Yeah. But I also think it's different for me because, like, we're used to it. So it's like, yeah. you know, I mean, it can be offensive, but I think it depends on the circumstance. Like, if it's something that's actually genuinely important or something that's really quick, I usually don't mind. But if they're, like, on there, on there, that's a whole different story. We have space in our Skeletons and Bones workshop, which is this Saturday, October 28th. This is where you get to work with me and get feedback in real time. We are also doing registration for our November workshops. That is also due this Friday. We have a bunch of new workshops we've never done before, like Flesh Tones and Gestural Figure Painting and Storms, Clouds, and Sunsets, also a whole bunch of pro development Join our art school portfolios group. This is where you get advice and ongoing support and critiques from myself and the staff for BFA and MFA applicants. We're having a blast in there. And in my opinion, it's actually way more helpful than a one-off critique because you're working with us and we've got um, a better sense of your progress. And join our Patreon group. We have so much fun in there. Weekly voice sessions with staff, long, nerdy written critiques from me support in a small group of artists, and there is no 3-1 critique rule, which we have in the public Patreon channels. Not public Patreon channels. Public Discord channels. channels. Discord <laughs> channels, yes, yes. Join Jordan and I. We are going to be on the Discord stage. Please meet us in the post live stream stage channel to chat with us on voice. Our prof has services, artist calls, portfolio critique, statement editing, and personal art curriculums. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye.